Green Streets this month on EnviroPod. Welcome to Fairfax County's EnviroPod. I'm Scott Coco. Each month, this podcast will address any topic that affects Fairfax County's environment. We realize this is a big subject and gives us an endless supply of topics to deal with. And we will be speaking to an array of folks within the county who are experts in dealing with the county's ecosystem. This podcast is sponsored by the Fairfax County Department of Public Works and Environmental Services, DPWES for short. So over the next few months, our discussions will be with the incredibly dedicated engineers who will help ensure the county's wastewater, stormwater, streams, trees, watersheds, solid waste, recycling, and much, much more truly works for the public. Today I have with me Matt Myers, Chief of the Watershed Projects Implementation Branch here in Fairfax County. So Matt, tell me, how much paint does it actually take to paint the streets green? <laughs> well, it's... Uh, Is it fluorescent? Is it... Yeah, you know, we try to <laughs> paint it green with living <laughs> living things. So Living things. So getting ready for this, you know, this is something that... As a pedestrian and as, you know, someone as a layman in this, you just think when you see um, especially new construction and you're whether it's a townhouse community or you're going into the Mosaic District, some of these new places where, you know, you've got kind of a newish looking gutter than you've seen before. You've got the nice trees that align the streets and there's some space you know, pedestrian walkway before you get to a storefront or to a townhouse community. And it, it it honestly just looks aesthetically nice. But that may not exactly be the reason that it's there. Can you tell me a little bit about what green streets are? Sure. So as our community develops, um, everyone remembers last year this record rainfall, right? We had over 66 inches of rain. We normally have about 40 inches a year spread out across the year. So rain, just like wastewater, we have to manage the runoff from the land. So when it rains, we need to slow it down, spread it out, clean it before it gets out into our streams. So when you look at landscaping along a road, it's not necessarily there just for aesthetics. It could be integrated into our storm sewer system to help treat that water uh, and slow it down. So that's the idea of green streets. You're taking what nature does, the, if everyone learns back in school, the hydrologic cycle, how it rains, it falls, some of it infiltrates in the ground, some of it runs off, some of it gets uh, evaporates or uh, it gets back up into the atmosphere. So we try to mimic nature, what it does well in managing stormwater. So we bring the trees, the shrubs, and sandier soils um, into the built environment. So we're basically pulling the stream stream corridor up around our buildings and roadways to make them green. It's so interesting as I was uh, looking some of the stuff up. But just to start off, tell me a little bit about what you do, how long you've been with the um, <clears throat> county, what your expertise is, just a kind of a top level of, of your experience here with county. Sure. I've been in stormwater planning division now for almost 20 years. Um, I work with a team of engineers, ecologists, other scientists, project managers, landscape architects, and other support staff. We, we monitor the health of the streams countywide. 
then we develop plans, watershed plans, on how, how, to, how the land is developing and how that's affecting what we're seeing monitoring in the stream, the health of the streams. And then we come up with plans to how to mitigate or offset as we develop to minimize those. So my background, uh, I have environmental resource management, so more of a scientist, biologist, an undergrad. And then I went on to get a master's in environment en engineering um, that helps me in the design aspects of building stream restoration. So we restore streams that are degraded. We build stormwater management facilities, the ponds that you see throughout the the, the county, we upgrade those, uh, and then we get to do these neighborhood stormwater improvement projects that we're talking about today that integrates kind of this green street approach. So um, tell me a little bit about the evolution of green streets and um, how long has this been going on, and then how did it get started here in Fairfax County? So we, we initially looked at, you know, we, over the years, Fairfax County has done a great job with green infrastructure. Starting way back in 1959, we had this great floodplain ordinance that helped make sure in our major streams that people weren't building right next to the stream. So we build in resiliency by having those homes and commercial buildings outside of the floodplain so that when the big storms come, they, they don't get flooded. That's our probably primary green infrastructure. And then over the years, we've uh, adopted other stormwater ordinances uh, we, back in the 70s, and eventually the Chesapeake Bay Preservation Ordinance came in in 1993, revised in 2003, and this added additional buffers around streams um, and also required water quality controls up on the land as we built buildings, roads, parking lots. Um, Green Streets has evolved out of those practices for water quality management. So things like we went from ponds to rain gardens to infiltration swales. And these infil uh, rain gardens, what we call bioretentions, are this, these, again, facilities with sandy soils. Let the water put it back into the ground, slows it down, and then filters it. The plants, you want to have living things in those facilities so they uptake uh, the nutrients and fil filter other pollutants before it goes downstream to our local water bodies, the Potomac River, and then ultimately the Chesapeake Bay. So th this Green Streets uh, incorporated this low-impact development techniques was a, kind of what, what it was in called initially, uh, minimizing the impact of development with these other practices. Um, and then they evolve. Our, we always look across the river to other localities like D.C., uh, up in New York, they were developing these green street practices, integrating them into their transportation projects, as well as uh, site development projects. We took on the same initiative uh, for transforming Tysons. Uh, as the new metro stations came in, and we were increasing the density there, we had to come up with new ways of managing storm Moving water. that water, right? Yeah, with all that concrete, water's got to go somewhere, right? Exactly. But it was a neat opportunity, too, because... When Tyson's was originally built, back in the, started in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, we didn't have a lot of stormwater practices. Most of it in the early 70s, just slowing the water down, but mm -hmm. not filtering. So as we redevelop it, it gives us opportunities to integrate this stormwater infrastructure, green infrastructure. You'll see green roofs, so vegetated roofs, not just painted. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, also the trees that are in front, instead of just being in little planters, they could be connected underneath a sidewalk. So underneath the sidewalk can have sandy soil, gravel, 
Uh, so as the water comes into those tree wells, it can also get under underneath the sidewalk and get back into the ground. And it, it, it a more efficient way of absorbing that water. Absolutely. So we kind of want to create these sponge cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, Bikini and then, bottom, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then SpongeBob reference, right? That's right. <laughs> and then we also come up with terms like when we look at the Route One corridor that's redeveloping, and there's this rapid bus transit. So that for the Embark project that's out there, uh, the planning group that came up with this, they have this integration called Ecological Spine. Doesn't that sound exciting? Yeah. <laughs> that kind of integrates bringing the stream valleys and the development together. So you have this. You know, but you have this open space and, you know, again, the trees, the green um, has this other benefits. Well, you know, way beyond just storm. Well, uh, certainly as that's a great metaphor as far as looking at infrastructure. Yeah. You know, um, again, as a resident, a pedestrian, a commuter, you know, you just see the outer shell, the skin the you know the top level of everything going on and don't realize what is the foundation right. about holding that together and certainly with the amount of streams and water that are underneath the surface of Fairfax County that is all interconnected as the Chesapeake watershed which I found very interesting um so tell me about um the the successful project that we've had with the Franklin and Chesterbrook Neighborhood Stormwater Improvement Project and how this is a success as far as green streets go. Sure. So this neighborhood was one, when we developed watershed plans, um, we would identify these neighborhoods that were built without stormwater controls originally. Um, And then we also look where citizens have called uh, us, our our maintenance group takes these calls and looks at drainage complaints. So we know communities that have a lot of drainage problems. And then these communities like the one we're talking about out in McLean has a lot of redevelopment going on. So single family homes being uh, either torn down uh, and completely rebuilt with more impervious, bigger homes, bigger driveways causing more runoff um, are the just big additions that are being mm-hmm. added on. But there's not really good stormwater infrastructure. There's very limited stormwater infrastructure. Uh, so this was a neighborhood we took on. Uh, there was a bigger bigger area identified. The whole neighborhood was identified as a neighborhood uh, stormwater improvement project, SIP. Um, and we just took on a smaller area to do a pilot to test it, uh, take what we learned from uh, others and apply to this neighborhood. So when you say neighborhood, can you give me a little bit, uh, how large of a footprint is this? Yeah, so the drainage area we focused on encompassed about 34 acres, and that covered 77 parcels, uh, individual resident residential lots. Uh, and then the roads uh, that, that drain drain down uh, to the outfall to this local stream called um, unnamed tributary uh, to Little Pimmet Run. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Little Pimmet Run goes into the Big Pimmet Run and then again down the Potomac River. Uh, So this this drainage area um, became the the focus of this pilot. And so the key thing in these neighborhoods is, you know, we don't have HOA parcels, uh, these 
out parcels where we can build big stormwater ponds. Uh, we have limited stormwater easements for our existing pipes. Uh, so again, no room for additional infrastructure. And then in Fairfax County, the Virginia Department of Transportation manages the roads. And so they would they manage the stormwater infrastructure within the roads. So our systems are completely um, connected. Mm -hmm. And so uh, sometimes it starts on the residential property, then flows through the road, uh, then ideally to a facility. But in these cases, there's no stormwater controls. So we had very limited space. Um, so we started this process. The community, there was, they were already calling us because of drainage challenges. Uh, we start uh, our public involvement process uh, early, um, just coming up with concepts. And then once we got through concept phase, uh, we, de Department of Public Works Environmental Service, decided to go ahead and move forward with an actual design and then construction. So what was done? What was done in this area that really improved it? And I've seen a couple pictures, um, but talk to me about what um, physically people would see that was a difference. Sure. Um, so the main thing, so our work focused on the roads. Um, when you, the existing conditions were out there, it was actually some of the road, there was, there's no storm drains in most of the road system. It was open ditch. Our water just jumped across the roads into the neighbor's yard down below and then across the road and then to the next neighbor in the lower section. So our, our goal was to intercept the water that was coming across the property. So we were grading swales. And again, this, and, uh, we're making vegetated swales. Um, 3,000 lineal feet of swales were put in. And, and um, define swale for me. So... Uh, just roadside ditch is, is. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and, and so again, this these old roads that do not have curb and gutter. So most of us have subdivisions. So there's a concrete curb and then the gutter, the concrete before the pavement, the blacktop uh, that intercepts, and then usually it goes into a storm drain or what we call a drop inlet. Then it goes into a pipe, and then for more recent subdivisions, it go to a pond, mm -hmm. and then again out to the stream. In this case. Um, we were trying to reestablish or just create these swales, roadside ditches. And where it just looks like a ditch to most people at the surface, again, it's what's underneath that really matters. So we excavated uh, down, uh, replaced the soil with a, a sandier soil or even a clean gravel bed. And so as the water comes over these grass swales, it's slowing down, it's infiltrating into that sand and gravel in some cases, we even put big, like, half pipes that are just empty space. So when the water goes down into the system, we have these big storage areas. And then also the gravels underneath those to let the water get back into the ground. So we're slowing down, slowing down the water, filtering it, and then also safely conveying it through the neighborhood. And then we came back and planted trees and shrubs. Uh, we had to take down some of the older trees that were actually in the road right away. One nice thing about these neighborhoods is the road right away, right away was 50 feet wide. But the, oh, wow. But the roads are only 20 feet. Mm -hmm. So it gave us – that's why we had enough room to actually create some of these roadside ditches. Um, talk to me a bit of, uh, of the couple of challenges of the project, um, just real quickly. And also, what has some of the successes and feedback that we've seen from it? Um, so some of the biggest challenges are just your limited space to work. So you can imagine you have this construction equipment, 
and you got to keep the residents coming in and out and access to their driveways every day. So that type of your very tight construction. But the good thing is contractors know they've been working in cities for, you know, decades. So it, that was surprisingly not mm-hmm. too bad. But the big thing is once you start digging in these neighborhoods, you hit all kind of utilities. We have our storm, our sanitary sewers, the wastewater, uh, electric, uh, all the communication lines, water lines. So we had to work with those utilities to have those relocated. Some of them were like the gas line. The gas company came out and moved their lines so we could build our dishes, ditches first. We worked with the water authority and moved those lines. Um, and then what was really nice is we worked with Department of Virginia Department of Transportation, and we came in and paved all the roads within the project limits at the end. They were already p- paving the community, so it was nice. We were all working together, so we got a nice, clean, finished product at the end. At the end, so those are the biggest challenges. The other challenges, we can't always intercept the water that's coming from the top of the hill in someone's backyard, then it runs to another residential lot before it gets out into the road. So we worked with our partners at Northern Virginia Soil and Water Conservation District. They have programs, and this program's further developed since this project, to help with conservation assistance programs with residents. So Soil and Water will come out, and we, we partnered with them to meet with some of the residents to see if we come up with ideas of how to manage that water in their backyard. And then the idea is, if they can manage it in their backyard, it would connect to our bigger public system. And that's through landscaping and through drainage. Exactly. It could just be changing grass to, you know, other vegetation, trees and shrubs, um, or putting in a rain garden or some infiltration trench on their property. And that can, you know, it provides stormwater benefits but can also help if they're having drainage problems into their house, uh, like there's some pump running all the time. Having these swales can divert the water around the house. So, um, so and so, talk to me about some of the feedback that you've received from this, and then what is the future of Green Streets in Fairfax County? I imagine that new development, as long as it's coordinated through land development services, um, that they are working this part into it, but. Um, I'm guessing retrofitting older communities is probably some of the bigger challenges. It is. So we have, again, the communities identified across the county in the watershed plan. So we know where there's need, where there's continuing on, you know, drainage problems, um, on additional site development occurring, and just a lack, a historically a lack of stormwater management facilities. So we have most of the neighborhoods identified. Um, the idea is to continue uh, through our stormwater fund, which is part of the real estate tax in, in Fairfax County, we, t- we use those part-, part of those funds to fund these types of projects. So we'll continue to look um, at doing Green Street projects, as well as our other projects like stream restoration further downstream, as well as retrofitting some of our old stormwater management facilities to help them do more, more work uh, than they did historically. Um, so we're... we're Initiating other projects now, um, we're working on a project. Tucker Avenue is just on the other side of Franklin Park, a uh, similar community. Uh, so we're on our way. But as you mentioned, through the site development process, the idea is to make these green stormwater infrastructure practices just more common and more integrated into landscape to have these multiple benefits from slowing the water down, water quality, quantity, but also the aesthetic piece, the 
air pollution, help with our tree canopy goals, um, and again, just kind of greening of our built environment. Um, where can residents get more information on um, where these plans are going and if their community is going to be looked at to be added to the Green Streets plan? So if you look up the um, Fairfax County Stormwater Projects, um, you'll come to a web page that has a list of all the active projects and completed projects. And you can also look in our watershed plans. Uh, and all the watershed plans are online. Uh, it's, you can look up what watershed you're, you're in, what's your local stream name, and then the watershed plans are organized by those, those stream names. Matt, thank you again for your time. Thank you. Uh, I know this was quick, but we're trying to keep these relatively short. Uh, we, this, I've, I've one thing that when Irene and I wanted to kind of start this podcast is uh, these conversations could go on and on because it's very interesting uh, what's going on underneath the surface. And this is probably going to be a pretty regular theme on this show where we can only truly scratch the surface of these topics that we're talking about and the environment uh, with the county. But uh, there's a number of places that you can go if you want to get some more information. Through your search engine, search uh, Green Streets. It'll take you right to the EPA page where they have a lot of information on um, the anatomy of a green street, why these green streets are important, uh, the benefits of them, and how they're designed, and also how these uh, communities from around the country are retrofitting uh, older neighborhoods to do these programs. Also, the National Association of City Transportation Officials, they are, have a, a very large guide on urban street stormwater um, and how they are retrofitting uh, streets for stormwater to become green streets. Thank you for joining us today on EnviroPod. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, uh, please email the show at swpdmail at fairfaxcounty.gov. And you can hear this podcast at facebook.com at fairfaxcounty slash environment. Uh, you can also hear it on the Public Works homepage at fairfaxcounty.gov and also fairfaxcounty.gov slash podcast where all of the county's podcasts live. You can also search EnviroPod and or subscribe on SoundCloud. Thank you once again for listening. I'm Scott Coco for EnviroPod.